Oh yeah, welcome true believers to Wrestle With Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and a Sunday morning value. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. Each episode, we'll hit a topic about what's happening this week in wrestling currently, something that's happened this week in wrestling in the past, and we'll give the go-home signal with a Wrestle With Hope word for the week. Along the way, you'll catch a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like and why I still watch now. Before we move on to what's happening this week in wrestling, let me talk real quick about what's happening this week in Wrestle With Hope. In case you missed it, on Tuesday, we released a special bonus episode called WWH In This Corner. Now, from time to time, we'll be using that spot to release special interviews. This past Tuesday, for our first WWH In This Corner, we released an interview with Drake Wirtz, NXT Senior Referee. And man, it was an incredible discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'd love to get some feedback. Make sure that you hit us up on email and Instagram and Twitter. We'll give all that information at the end of the show, and it'll be in the show notes as well. So thank you once again to Drake Wirtz, NXT Senior Referee. Man, you had a busy week this week, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us here at Wrestle With Hope. Now, let's talk about what's happening this week in wrestling. First off, let's jump out to Raw. It was the season premiere of Raw, and honestly, uh, as far as I can tell, it is the first in the era of Raw being the B-Show because SmackDown is clearly becoming the A-Show of the WWE with all of the energy and resources that Fox is putting behind SmackDown right now. SmackDown's getting... A pre-show from Fox. Fox is uh, Fox is giving SmackDown. Fox is giving a pre a pre-show to SmackDown. Fox is also giving a midweek show to SmackDown. Maybe it'll cover the entire WWE. I'm not even sure, but it's going to be on FS1, and it's going to feature Renee Young, Booker T, and according to him, in a recent interview, CM Punk. CM Punk was approached by Fox, not WWE, to be a part of the show. He confirmed it. I don't know if he's going to show up. I don't know if he's going to be a part of it. But CM Punk was offered a spot on WWE backstage. So now, SmackDown and Fox are getting all this push. So now Raw has their big debut for their new season, apparently. And um, I don't know. Kind of just seems like Raw's the B show right now. Let's take a look at really quick what happened because this was a busy busy week in the world of wrestling so sasha banks defeated alexa blicks um becky lynch stood on the announce table taunted sasha banks throughout the match banks won after distracting bliss by making her think that bailey was at ringside i don't understand but then and then kicking her in the leg after the match lynch chased banks away there was a lot of confusion going on a lot of moving parts to this match but again, Sasha just kind of setting things up so that she can come out on top at Hell in a Cell. 
The Raw Tag Team Championship was on the line. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, the champions, defeated Heavy Machinery. Roode pinned Tucker after a glorious DDT. And now, this is the this is the part where I was wrong. Okay, I was wrong, and I'll admit that I was wrong. Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan were the guests of Miz TV. Now, here's the thing. Um, I predicted that Bray Wyatt was going to attack one of the two of them because clearly they are legends, and Bray Wyatt has an appetite for legends. That didn't happen. In fact, what happened was they teased and they fought, teased about fighting each other until Miz announced that uh, Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia is going to be on October the 31st, and they'll be having a five-on-five tag team match with Flair and Hogan serving as the team captains, the coaches, you would. Um, Hogan announced that Seth Rollins is his team captain, so he's the coach. Rollins is the captain. Flair announced that Randy Orton is his captain for his team. And so now you have Rollins and Orton, then they teased fighting each other, and then Baron Corbin comes out, King Corbin, rather, shows out, shows up and attacks Rollins. Rusev makes the save. And so now what you have is, so far on this 5-on-5 five five team, you have Rusev, Rollins, they're being coached by Hogan, and then you have Randy Orton and King Corbin being coached by Ric Flair. And uh, all of this is happening... Okay, so all this is happening at the Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia. Um, A couple things. I always try and keep this stuff positive, but I'm just going to kind of let you guys know up front. Number one, um, I won't be watching the Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia. I just don't. I don't watch the Saudi Arabia events. Um, Not going to get into a ton of, you know, the reasons. I just think, for me personally, it's it's the only thing I can do, which is not give the WWE Network my download number specifically for that event. So I won't be watching the show. I will share the results on this show, okay? So I'll share the results, but I'm not going to watch the show. So I won't be entertained by this. I won't be watching any of this. And then the other thing anyway is I'm a little confused at the fact that they're doing a five-on-five tag team match only a few weeks away from Survivor Series, which features team-on-team matches. I don't know why they're well, I know why they're doing it is because they're they've got a Uncle Scrooge sized money pit that they like to swim in uh, whenever they do these shows. And so anyway, um, you know, that's what's happening. So we're going to do just a little bit of reporting on this upcoming show, because in reality, it's not one of the biggies. And the whatever happens in that is kind of like an entirely different universe. Uh, honestly, if you think about it, it's like a multiverse and the multiverse in the WWE universe, there's a multiverse that has the crown jewel matches because those are kind of weird, bizarro world matches to begin with. And then there's also a multiverse for the mixed tag team challenge whenever those come around because everybody acts way out of character during those matches as well. So anyway, in the WWE universe, there's a multiverse. This match is happening in that multiverse. Where's Thanos when you need him? Anyway, we'll snap right back in to the rest of the show. Uh, Charlie Caruso asked Rusev where Lana was, but he refused to answer. Rusev then challenged Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Seems legit. Challenge your partner for the championship. And so he uh, the, that match is going to take place later on. The Viking Raiders, they defeated the OC. Ivar pinned Luke Gallows with a top rope splash. And then backstage, Cesaro said that if Rey Mysterio was still in the building, that he'd hurt him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, poor Rey. Ricochet stepped up and challenged Cesaro for Mysterio's honor. 
Then Ricochet defeated Cesaro with the springboard Dragon Rana. Cesaro getting no respect on the main roster of WWE, and whoever approved his Capri pants to wrestle in should also uh, maybe be candid. That was a little bit negative. I won't do that again. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bray Wyatt talked about fear at the Firefly Funhouse this week, and it was so scary that Ramblin' Rabbit died again from fright. Poor Ramblin' Rabbit. I hope he's okay by hell in a cell. United States Championship match, AJ Styles defeated Cedric Alexander. Is that, are, are they done, or is there going to be another match? I don't know, but Styles countered the lumbar check with a Styles clash. In uh, And honestly, I don't care. If they rematch themselves again like for like three more weeks, I'll be okay with it because AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander have been awesome, awesome matches. Lacey Evans defeated Natalia. Evans raked Natalia's eyes and then pinned her with an O'Connor roll. Maria Kanellis confirmed that Rusev is not the father of her baby, and then Sasha Banks grabbed the microphone and cut a promo on Becky Lynch, saying no man will win her match in Hell in a Cell. You get it? No man. No man's going to win that match. Now, I got to tell you, that promo was awesome. I love the fact that like Sasha just showed up, said, give me the mic, and then just you know went right into it. It was raw. It was real. Uh, excuse the pun. And it was just, it, I, I'm looking forward to this match. Again, if this match, I know this match is not going to be the main event because they're not going to waste The Fiend on, you know, if he's in the Hell in a Cell match, that's probably going to be last. But this is going to be a great match. Looking forward to it. Now, before the main event, Mysterious Limo pulled up to the arena. And then you got the Universal Championship match where Seth Rollins versus, Seth versus Rusev just kind of ended, I'm guessing, in a no contest because... Bobby Lashley showed up, and then Lashley introduced Lana, and then the the two just started kissing, right? And they just started kissing on stage, and Rusev was standing around looking way confused. I don't know if the timing was off or whatever because it just really kind of looked it looked it looked awkward, and I mean more awkward than just the kissing, but like just the whole thing kind of looked awkward. And then the Fiend used that as an opportunity to attack Seth Rollins with the mandible claw. Now, I'm not a fan of this stuff. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not a fan of the, the, the Maria Canella's baby angle, and I'm not a fan of uh, Lana and Lash. I mean, here's the thing. Rusev and Lana are married, and I don't think they need to be getting into all this other stuff with you know with the Bobby Lashley thing. And I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with Rusev. I, I love Rusev. I think he's great. I think he's talented. And I just wish that they would put him in a great, great storyline. And not we've already done this. We've done this with Dolph Ziggler. I don't know why we have to keep doing this again. And uh, one of the best things that came out of this week from that was Lance Storm. He tweeted this. Okay, he tweeted Lance Storm. Remember Lance Storm? He tweeted this. He says, advice that Randy Savage gave me after I got married. And then he put, a quote, he put this in quotes. And he said, I did an angle with my wife one time. And I ain't got no wife no more. Mm. So take that, Rusev, as a word of advice. Maybe you don't do an angle with your wife anymore, okay? Let her be, let her be, you know, with you, you be with her, accompany each other to the ring. I don't know. Guys, that was the secondary show. I mean, Raw was totally the B show for the week. And in fact, if it was up to me, it it seems like it's going to be the C show of the week because there were at least two other shows that showed up raw 
this week. The first one, which was my favorite show of the week, was this. NXT on Wednesday night. This was the first official night of the Wednesday Night Wars. The first official night of AEW going head-to-head against NXT. Now, let me run down the results of the NXT show. Here's what happened. Right off the bat, right from the very beginning, you got an NXT championship match, and it was Adam Cole, baby, and he defeated Matt Riddle. Now, here's the cool thing. So what's been happening was Matt Riddle got you know Adam Cole um, uh, in a hold last week, which then caused Cole to have a cast on, right, in order to wrestle. In, in a classic heel move, what you end up happening is you have Adam Cole with this cast on using it to hit Riddle before he hit the last shot. Now, here's the, you have to see this match to believe it. It was just incredible. What an opener for NXT. After the match, Adam Cole celebrating. And then you get Finn Balor. Finn Balor's music hit. He hits the ring. He confronts Adam Cole face-to-face. And he says this words. He says, Finn Balor is NXT. The crowd goes crazy. They start chanting, welcome back, welcome back. And folks, we've got Finn Balor on the main roster of NXT now. I'm a little, first off, I, I expected him to come back and face Bray Wyatt. I was looking forward to a Demon versus Fiend match. But... Finn Balor is home at NXT, guys. Finn Balor is home. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with Finn Balor in NXT. And uh, actually, I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing what all this, um, how the draft is going to work. Because you had already got people declaring where they're going to be. So we'll see how that works. Velveteen Dream cut a promo on Roderick Strong. And uh, it was in total Velveteen Dream mode. I mean, if you wanted to know what this character was about, you got it in that promo. Then NXT announced that next week, Leo Rush is going to challenge Drew Gulak for the, listen carefully, NXT Cruiserweight Championship. You heard it right. You heard it right. Leo Rush is going to be challenging Drew Gulak for the former WWE Cruiserweight Championship. They changed the affiliation of the championship. The Cruiserweight Championship officially has its home on NXT, and it's officially called the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. In the next match, Io Shirai defeated Mia Yim. Another incredible match. Shirai pinned Yim after landing a moonsault, and it was like, it was probably, it was one of the hardest-hitting moonsaults. that I, I mean, like, it was like as if she had gained all this extra momentum on the way down. Powerful. It was a powerful moonsault. I loved it. If you, if you catch the show this week, make sure you catch NXT. Promo played, hyping up Tegan Knox's recovery from her knee injury, and she's back. I'm really looking forward to having Tegan Knox back and just really, really seeing what she can do and having her go full bore. That'd be great. And then you got Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano defeating Shane Thorne. Gargano pinned Thorne after hitting a super kick. And uh, and again, so good to see Johnny Gargano in a featured spot on these NXT shows since he declared that he is NXT for life. The NXT Women's Championship, Shayna Baszler defeated Candice LeRae in probably my favorite match of the night. Baszler submitted LeRae with a rear naked choke, and uh, but the match overall was just so cool. I mean, it was just awesome to see uh, Candice LeRae coming out with like a triple tope, where literally she ran in and out of the ring three times and dove out on top of uh, Shayna Baszler. 
and it's so great, man. I just, you know, I love Candice LeRae. I love Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, my favorite woman on any roster right now. She, I mean, she deserves to have this undefeated streak. She deserves to have this championship. Promo played, hyping Kushida's match next week with Walter. Guys, I'm getting my dream come true. My dream come true. Austria's number one wrestler, Walter. Japan's ultra-hype star, Kushida. Fighting over the United Kingdom Championship in America's vacation capital of the world, Orlando, Florida. This is this is this is an international event, guys. This is something that you you must you need to bring the United Nations out for this because this is literally a worldwide event. Austria, Japan, UK, Florida. Florida is its own country sometimes. So anyway, then you get Pete Dune. Speaking of the UK, then you get Pete Dune, and I'm loving Pete Dune back in NXT on the regular roster here on a regular basis. Pete Dune taking on Danny Birch. Dune pinned Birch. After connecting on the bitter end, and then the lights went out. Nope, wasn't the fiend. It was the priest. Damien Priest laid out Dune with a punch, man. And this was one of those things where I'm not schooled on Punishment Martinez that well. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about him coming in. But I'm a fan. I mean, he's come in with a vengeance. And so going out there with Pete Dune, I'm looking forward to that match whenever it happens, whether it happens on a Wednesday night or at a takeover. I'm in. Sign me up. And then the main event, the NXT Tag Team Championship, the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, took on the Street Profits. And Kyle O'Reilly earned the pin after he and Bobby Fish went for the high-low on Montez Ford. A great match, a great ending. They, they had the overrun, by the way, and so they, they went longer. So if you ended up watching the AEW and switched back over to NXT, you didn't miss you know, the entirety of this match. But then after the match... Adam Cole celebrates on stage with the NXT Championship. He's got the rest of the team. Roddy runs into the ring to be with the um, with uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Everybody's celebrating, and then all of a sudden, he's back. Tommaso Ciampa made his return face-to-face with Adam Cole. And you know that Ciampa never lost Goldie. He had to surrender it because of injury. And so now you have two challengers, basically, for this NXT championship with Adam Cole. You got Finn Balor, you got Tommaso Ciampa. What's going to happen? I don't know, but now I'm excited. I'm really excited about the NXT championship picture right now. So that same night, by the way, we had AEW Dynamite making their big debut on TNT. And they put on a really fun show. I got to tell you, wrestling-wise, I feel like the NXT was the best wrestling show. Uh, as far as pomp and circumstance, clearly AEW had a lot of money going behind this show. And it was really it was really entertaining. A lot of guys I didn't know and I wasn't familiar with. And uh, I got to know them pretty well after this episode. You had Cody Rhodes defeating Sammy Guevara. Now, uh, Cody rolled Sammy up with a small package, but that doesn't even... That's just the ending of the match. It was a tremendous match. Emotional. They, they aired a package right before this match that really explained how important the wins and losses were. When it came to this, Cody was going to give up his championship match with Chris Jericho if he lost to uh, Sammy Guevara. And so, and Sammy wanted that match. He wanted that, uh, that championship match. So, man, they fought hard, fought fast. It was a great match. Cody came out on top. But then after the match, Tony Schiavone, who's back, by the way, him and JR are, are back. Definitely a blast from the past. Definitely interesting to hear their voices on a new product like this. 
Um, not my favorite commentary of the night. That win goes to NXT again. But, you know, uh, again, just, you know, I, I think after a few more weeks of working together again and getting used to things again, I think everybody will be clicking. I'm a fan of Excalibur. He's, man, he's great as far as knowledge goes and helping people kind of really understand who's who in AEW right now. Great job. Tony Schiavone gets in the ring to interview Cody. And then after a quick altercation with Sammy, up shows up. Le Champion, Chris Jericho, he appeared out of nowhere and attacked Cody. Then he continued to beat him up throughout the commercial break. They were doing these split commercial breaks, by the way, where they weren't tearing away from the action, and it was hard to get up and go get something to eat or go take care of business or whatever because you had the split screen going on, and it was actually interesting. When like SmackDown or Raw would go to a split screen, that you'd see you know, a headlock during commercials. Not so with AEW. AEW goes split screen to, to do that. First off, JR said, hey, guys, sorry. We got to go to commercial. We got to pay the bills. And, and we're still treated to a beatdown by Chris Jericho. He powerbombed Cody onto two chairs. By the way, these chairs, not normal aluminum chairs. These chairs have no give. Basically, outside of the glass table that happens later on that night, none of the tables at AEW are collapsible or have any give. None of the chairs had any kind of give whatsoever either. I mean, they it was hard. Those hits were hard. So um, there you go. And you, and you get, and basically you have, again, uh, Chris Jericho announcing himself to the crowd that he is le champion, and um, you know he wants some credit. He wants some thank yous. Afterwards, MJF comes out with a mic and called the crowd poor, and then he called himself the fastest rising star in professional wrestling, and MJF defeated Brandon Cutler. Cutler tapped out to an arm bar. By the way, I got to tell you, I'm a fan of... Uh, Cutler's gear. He's all gaming themed and had like dice, 20 sided dice, and like all that kind of stuff all over it. He's a Dungeons and Dragons guy and he's not afraid to show it. Then uh, you had Chris Van Villette. Hopefully, I said his name right. He introduced Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, Jay and Silent Bob, right? And uh, they were talking about Jay and Silent Bob reboot and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you have Jack Evans and Angelico. And I think they're called Hybrid 3. Point, hybrid something. Is it hybrid 2.0, 3.0? Um, but anyway, they came out to insult Smith and Muse. It was kind of awkward. It was kind of wild. And then Private Party shows up to defend them. And so that obviously setting up something in the future. So Cal Uncensored came out in front of the White House. Uh, and Scorpio did the spot-on Barack Obama impression. Uh, while Daniels and Kazarian, they played Secret Service agents. And then they broke character to call D.C. the worst town they've ever been to. Now... I, I got to tell you, I'm not like super familiar with them, but I understand that this is their shtick and every place they've been to is the worst place they've ever been to. And I love it. I think this is great. Um, so then they cut back to the arena and SEU were on stage with Shivani and then they got into it with the Lucha Brothers. And then they're starting fighting and Lucha Brothers showed up and, you know, just basically to remind everybody that they're the best tag team. And they got into this big brawl, a lot of brawls in AEW, by the way, a lot of pull aparts. Um, but the cool thing is all those pull-aparts really happened like in the ring and around the ring so that everybody could see it. Like, one of the things that uh, Tony uh, Khan had said is he didn't want to do a lot of backstage stuff. And so they were doing stuff out there in the crowd. And so big pull-apart guest appearance by Dean Malenko, by the way. So he was in there to help pull people apart. Pack defeated Hangman Adam Page. Pack kicked Page below the belt and then uh, hit a black arrow. Wasn't it a red arrow before? But now it's a black arrow. This is the DC Universe here. Um, into And he uh, hit a black arrow into the Brutalizer. And referee Earl Hebner, by the way, Earl's back, 
uh, and referee the referee stopped the match. So um, you got that. Then you got Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, joining for com- commentary for the Women's Championship match. Rio defeated Nyla Rose to become the very first AEW Women's World Champion. Rio worked a smart and fast match throughout the match, eventually pinning Nyla after hitting her with a running knee to the face. And then after the match, you had Michael Nakazawa announced that he was going to interview Rio in Japanese, but then Nyla attacked them both. And then Kenny Omega came out to save Rio. So I they're they're like a thing, right? Like they I know that they've had I, I should have done some research, I knew, but like they I, everything I kind of have seen is like they have actually had a couple of mixed tag matches together. If you want to school me, please send me an email. Then you had in the main event, Chris Jericho, Santana, and Ortiz defeated the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. I mean, well, the Young Bucks, because John Moxley showed up and appeared and attacked Kenny Omega, pulling him out of the match. The match continued without him. And uh, you know what ended up happening was Moxley and Omega are brawling through the back, and then Moxley puts Kenny Omega through a glass table. Literally, just kind of let me paint a picture for you here. My wife walks in, who's never seen AEW anything, only knows WWE stuff, and she's like, oh, cool, are you watching the new show? And I said, yes, we're watching the new show. And she goes, oh, cool, isn't that Dean Ambrose? And I said, yes, that's Dean Ambrose. He's now John Moxley. So we're kind of doing like a quick little lesson as to who's who. And then she's like, well, you know, who's the other guy? Is that other guy Chris Jericho? And I go, no, 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 that's Kenny Omega. He's awesome. And you watch him. He's going to do something really awesome, I'm sure. And then like three seconds later, he is, he is driven through a glass table. To which my wife says, I'm out, <laughs> and she's done. So thanks a lot, AEW, because my my wife came in and maybe could have been sold on AEW, but now from now on, for the rest of her life, AEW is the glass table company. So there you go. <laughs> and, throughout, and then, by the way, there was another match. Still going on. The match continued on without, uh, without Kenny Omega. Jericho eventually pinned Matt Jackson after the Judas effect. And then after the main event, Cody Rhodes ran in and attacked Jericho. Then Sammy Guevara ran in and attacked Cody. Then Dustin Rhodes came in to make the save. But then, ready for this? Jake Hager, the former Jack Swagger, appeared and attacked them. Hager, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz, the former LAX, right? They appear to be like this faction. They're together now. Like there's been enough Instagram tweets from all of them. Instagram tweets. Instagram posts from all of them. To basically assume, oh, they're a thing. So all five of these guys together are are some kind of faction. I'd love to find out what this name's going to be. And if it's Jericho, it's going to be something awesome. So I cannot wait to find out more about this group. And, uh, you know, that was it. A lot of pull-aparts, a lot of fights. A lot of fights going on um, outside the matches here for AEW. So uh, overall... I liked NXT better, but uh, you know, but I gotta be honest, I liked it better because I know NXT more, and 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 you know, I get excited about stuff when it comes to NXT. Am I going to continue to give AEW a chance? Absolutely, absolutely, because man, there's a lot going on right now in wrestling, and there's a lot of good wrestling to be had. And you know, and I'll be honest, Chris Jericho's the champ over there at AEW, and I'm a Chris Jericho guy, so I'm following AEW. I like Cody Rhodes, so I'm following AEW. Everything I've seen so far about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and all that, I like it. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. So now, 
with all of this happening, you know, we've got the rest of the week still. So it's Friday when I record the show. Friday night is when SmackDown happens. So what's going to happen with this show? Well, I got to tell you, Friday morning, the only time I can actually record the show. So the show, um, the Wrestle with Hope podcast is still going to be on Fridays over the week, over this weekend. I record on Friday mornings, and so I, what you're going to end up getting is Friday night SmackDown is going to be like in next week's recap. And so then from now on, what you're going to get is um, there's going to be a delay in the Friday night SmackDown review. Okay, so we're going to have to kind of go back and, you know, basically the rhythm is going to be I'm going to cover SmackDown, whatever pay-per-view happened, then, you know, Raw, NXT, AEW, and maybe a little bit of NWA thrown in. We'll see. This weekend, by the way, besides SmackDown, because we got a lot going on with SmackDown and, you know, we, you know, we got Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston, and that's going to be cool. But we have Hell in a Cell. Now, the problem here is this, is that because of the way that things have been booked so far, SmackDown hasn't happened, so they haven't had their go-home show for the pay-per-view. And then on top of that, we only have three matches actually booked. We have three matches only actually booked for Hell in a Cell so far. Because the rest of the storylines haven't played out on SmackDown, which is clearly what? The A show now, because all of these other things need to fall into place. Raw's only got a couple of shows booked for Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell typically doesn't have a lot of matches because those cell matches are um, lengthy, usually. So in most cases, Hell in a Cell doesn't have a ton of matches, but you know there's still a lot to be left. We still got to see you know what else is uh, what else is happening. By the way, I think it's pretty interesting that both cell matches are raw matches. Like we don't know anything yet about Bailey's title defense if she's going to have one. We don't know anything yet about you know the WWE World Championship because we don't know if it's going to be Kofi or Brock. So I'm sure things are going to play out. My guess is this, is that Kofi and Brock is going to end in some kind of schmas, and we're probably going to get Kofi and Brock again at Hell in a Cell. That's just my guess. But here's what I got. I've only got three matches booked. I'm going to give you my predictions on those three. We'll see how I do, okay? So first one is this, Universal Championship match, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. My pick is Wyatt. My pick is Wyatt, and, uh, and here's the reason why. I don't necessarily know that he's going to win the championship, I think he's going to win the match. Um, I think that there's going to be some kind of um, schmoz when it comes to like um, Braun Strowman. I think he's still in the picture. I think he's going to come back. Uh, I think something's going to happen. But we're going to see the we're going to see the fiend victorious one way or another. The next match is this: the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. Now you all know I'm a Becky Lynch guy. I love the man. She is awesome, okay? But my prediction is Sasha's going to win. The reason why, and I've said this for a few weeks now, Sasha's going to win because Becky's going to SmackDown. That's what I feel in my heart. She's going to SmackDown. And I also feel in my heart that in November for Survivor Series, we're going to get Sasha versus Bayley because in Survivor Series, they have been doing these champion versus champion matches. So we'll see how that goes there. And then the only other match that was announced was Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. And now here is um, my prediction when it comes to that. I think that we're going to have Rowan and Harper winning with a Daniel Bryan double cross. Because I honestly think that if Roman Reigns thinks that uh, Daniel Bryan's his friend, that he's mistaken. <laughs> and so I think we're going to get the Daniel Bryan double cross 
and uh, we're going to have like a Daniel Bryan family with Harper and Rowan and Bryan, and uh, they're all going to be together. Remember when they were uh, the Wyatt family together for a cup of coffee? That's what's going to happen. Hey, folks, if you are enjoying Wrestle with Hope, let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree Florida and support their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides REST, R-E-S-T, recreation, education, support, and training. When you support Ability Tree Florida, you are supporting support groups for families with children with disabilities. You are supporting family events that are handicap accessible and sensory friendly for families with children with disabilities. And you're supporting respite, giving parents who work 24-7 tirelessly caring for their children a chance to have some kind of break and experience what a typical night out can be. If you want to support Ability Tree Florida, all you have to do is go to donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. Donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. And, when, and remember, when you when you support Ability Tree Florida through Wrestle with Hope on donorbox.org, uh, there's lots of different levels. You could support with just giving $5, $10, and then that'll kind of put you in the fan category. But then if you go even higher than that and you go further than that, you can actually do some real good by supporting a family for $40. $40 only supports a family through all of the Ability Tree programs for a month. For $100, you can support a support group happening for one week. For $400, you can support a parents' night out program so that parents can experience respite. Go to donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope today to support Ability Tree Florida. All right, let's talk about this week in wrestling history. Going backwards and seeing what has happened in the past that is notable here in the world of wrestling. So going all the way back to September 28th, 1985, we've got AWA Super Clash. Now, the American Wrestling Association was the three of the big three. Back in the day, it was WWF, NWA, and AWA. So you had the World Wrestling Federation, you had the National Wrestling Alliance, and the American Wrestling Association. Now, the AWA, in an effort to catch up to the other big two, started holding a big event. This was their WrestleMania. It's called Super Clash. But Super Clash featured wrestlers from the AWA and the NWA. It was a little bit of a crossover just so they could get some great talent and, and boost up you know, the attendance at these events. Super Clash didn't actually even air on pay-per-view until Super Clash 3, by the way, and that was their first and only pay-per-view for uh, AWA. So uh, uh, AWA Super Clash uh, happened in 1985, September 28th, and here's what happened. Uh, in the main event, you had Ric Flair, the NWA world champion, defeating Magnum TA. Magnum TA was a huge, huge star at the time. Uh, and in fact, next week during our um, In This Corner interview, we're going to talk a little bit about Magnum TA because I'm speaking to Nikita Koloff. The Russian Nightmare. That's right. Nikita Koloff is going to be our guest at In This Corner on Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. The fabulous Freebirds, Michael P.S. Hayes and Terry Gordy, they beat the AWA Tag Team Champions, the Road Warriors, to win that championship. But then the, de then the decision was reversed 
by video replay. Really interesting. Stan, the Larry Hansen had a no contest with the AWA world champion, Rick Martell. This was before he became the model. They battled to a no contest. And then you had all the stars coming out. You had Kerry Von Erich beating Jimmy Jam Garvin, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin at the time. And remember when I mentioned Nikita Koloff? Well, him and Uncle Ivan, Ivan Koloff, and Crusher Khrushchev. Crusher Khrushchev was Demolition Smash before he was part of Demolition. Also Repo Man, also Blacktop Bully, and you know, also known as Barry Darso. They beat Dick the Bruiser, the Crusher, and Baron Von Rochke. Greg Gagne and Kurt Henning before he was Mr. Perfect and Scott Hall before he was Razor Ramon. Hey, yo. They beat Nick Bockwinkle, Ray Stevens, and Larry Zabisco. Sergeant Slaughter beat Boris Zukov. Jumbo Saruta and Giant Baba and Jenichiro Tenru beat Bill Irwin, Scott Irwin, and Harley Race. In a body slam match, Jerry Blackwell beat Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Mill Mascaris beat Buddy Roberts. Sherry Martell, before she was sensational, beat Candy Devine to win the AWA Women's Championship. And Steve Regal, nope, not the Steve Regal that we know. We're talking blonde, mulleted Steve Regal. This is a different guy. Beat Brad Reagans. That's what happened to AWA Super Clash. Man, there's so much. You talk about there was being a lot. Of, there was a lot of wrestling on TV. Now, man, there was a ton of wrestling on TV back in the day. As a kid, I had my choice of WWF, NWA, AWA, WCCW, uh, USWA, and GWF. There's a lot of letters, right? But I got to watch Global on a daily basis on ESPN. I got to watch world-class championship wrestling on a regular basis. I got to watch Memphis wrestling with Jerry Lawler. I got to watch uh, the AWA. I got to watch the National Wrestling Alliance and WWF. That stuff was all over. If there was wrestling on TV, I was watching it. I was watching it. So many options out there back then. So many options now. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Let's go through a couple other things, some highlights. 1986 in Atlanta, Georgia, Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev defeated Dirty Dutch Mantel and Bobby Jaggers in a tournament final to win the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. On September 29th, 1987 in North Carolina, Arn Anderson and Tolly Blanchard of the Four Horsemen, they won the NWA World Tag Team Championships. From Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton, the Rock and Roll Express. Now listen, this was only the first of many World Tag Team Championships that Arn and Tully won. But this is funny because if you fast forward now over to 1989, on the, on the next day, October 2nd, 1989, Demolition defeated Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard to win the WWF World Tag Team Championships. Axe and Smash of Demolition, some of my favorites. Some of my favorites of all time. So entertained when I was a kid by those guys. In 1985, on October the 2nd, NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, wrestled the AWA World Heavyweight Champion, Rick Martell, in a title versus title match that ended in a double countout. In 2011, WWE had their Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where Alberto Del Rio defeated John Cena and CM Punk to become the WWE Championship in a cell match. You also had Cody Rhodes, by the way, defeating John Morrison 
to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Cody Rhodes responsible for having that championship changed back to that classic version. And John Morrison, by the way, making his return to the WWE soon because they just announced that he has been signed. October 4th, 1981, Sergeant Slaughter won a one-night tournament to win the United States Heavyweight Championship by defeating Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the finals. In 2009, another WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view saw The Undertaker defeating CM Punk in a cell match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. You also saw Randy Orton defeating John Cena to win the WWE Championship in a cell match. And the returning John Morrison defeated Dolph Dolph Ziggler to retain the Intercontinental Championship. And then you got Jericho. That's the tag team of Chris Jericho and Big Show defeating Batista and Rey Mysterio to retain the unified WWE Tag Team Championship. Ten years later, Chris Jericho is the World Heavyweight Championship, is the World Heavyweight Champion of all elite wrestling. Man, that's amazing to look at. It's so wild to think about. And now, it's time for the Wrestling With Hope Word of the Week. The Word of the Week this week is this. Balance. With all the hectic schedule that we end up facing, with all the plates that we end up spinning in life, we could take a look at something like a wrestling TV schedule and get overwhelmed. We could take a look at something like our to-do lists and get completely overwhelmed. When we start taking on too much, when we start putting too much on our plate and we begin to get overwhelmed, nothing gets done. And so this is just something to think about. Sometimes you have to say no to good things so that you could say yes to great things. Just think about that. I mean, let's make it even smaller. When it comes to wrestling, you don't have to watch it all. I mean, this could get overwhelming. On Monday, you've got Raw. On Tuesday, you've got Impact, WWE's new backstage show, and Just announced by the National Wrestling Alliance, you have NWA Power. They're going to be airing on Tuesdays at 6.05 on YouTube. So now you have three things on a Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, you have the Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW. And then on Thursday, you have NXT UK and Uncharted Territory Beyond Wrestling. On Fridays, you got SmackDown. On Saturdays, you got WoW Wrestling, New Japan Wrestling, and Major League Wrestling. And then on Sundays, you got whatever the pay-per-view is happening that, uh, that month for, for WWE. There's a lot on there. That's not to mention ROH, AAA, Evolve, Progress, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, ICW, CMLL, and any other promotion that's out there that you like to stream. They're all out there, and there's a lot of choices. It is a great time to be a wrestling fan, but you don't have to watch it all. You don't have to be overwhelmed. When it comes to your to-do list, you don't have to do it all. It's always going to be there. There's always going to be something there. It's okay to miss something that's good so that you can say yes to something great. That's this week's Word of the Week. Folks, I want to just tell you I'm really excited about Tuesday. 
We have the Russian Nightmare, Nikita Koloff, on the second episode of WWH in this corner. I cannot wait for you to hear Nikita Koloff's story and what he's up to now. I want to encourage you to join us there. Connect with us, by the way. Send us a message uh, on uh, wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at wrestlewithhope. Find us on Facebook at wrestlewithhope. Next week, we're going to be talking about all the latest from SmackDown, Hell in a Cell, Raw, NXT, AEW, NWA, and more. Support Ability Tree Florida if you've enjoyed the podcast at donorbox.org slash wrestlewithhope. I want to say a big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song, Number One Contender, as our theme song. Follow him at Jadeen Williams and at WrestleInFlow. Thank you to artist Greg Goslin for the artwork on our logo, both for this show and for the In This Corner show. Incredible work, Greg. Thank you. Follow him on Instagram and check out more of his incredible art. Once again, this is Wayne Cordova signing off. And remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.